Today is Friday, December 16th, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Our interview with former Vice President Mike Pence will have that top story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Go ahead and subscribe, leave a rating, share it with a friend. Let's get through the news of the cray together. Joining me as always, Billy Hallowell, Trey Gons Phillips. On this Friday, what's going on, fellas? I'm in Christmas mode. I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I'm not in Christmas mode at all. Yeah, okay. Yeah, fake news. <laughs> fake news. Fake news. You've been in Christmas mode since uh, last January. Since so, last Yeah. Yeah. That's probably so, true. Yeah. But uh, it is inching closer, and uh, it is it is getting exciting. I mean, I would say even I am in, in getting close to and I'm probably usually last on that train, but uh, it's fun. You're starting to feel even, it a little bit. I'm starting to even feel it. Even Krampus is ready. Even <laughs> Krampus is ready for Christmas. That's fair. That is fair. I'm not going to argue it. But uh, Nigeria is in the news again, guys. What's, uh, what's going on there today? I know you're going to have something on that. Uh, it's a really actually a difficult and horrific story about alleged forced abortion mm. of at least 10,000 women. Wow, man, it has just wow. been a disaster there in Nigeria between that and the Christian persecution. Really, really need to be praying for Nigeria, but we'll have the details on that. And also on the main thing, as I said, our interview with Vice President, former Vice President Mike Pence, and he talked about a lot of stuff, tax on religious freedom. Uh, Trump and more. We'll have all the details on that on the main thing. But first, we are going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. And Title 42 is set to expire next week and add even more chaos to an already out-of-control situation on America's southern border. Agents were once able to uh, use the measure to turn away migrants flocking to the border because of the health crisis that America was facing. They were able to use that as a justification to send them back. President Biden recently said he had more important things to do than visit the U.S.-Mexican border. Border officials believe numbers have already reached 3 million this year and may hit 9 million in the months ahead once this Title 42 expires and perhaps even more flock to the border. The U.S. Senate passed a bill yesterday that'll fund the government for one week giving lawmakers a short time to agree on a full-year spending bill for 2023. And a massive storm has been making its way across the country and now has brought nor'easter conditions across New York and New England just ahead of the weekend. Folks in the South got hit with tornadoes, leaving many without power. And uh, there were some really harrowing videos coming out across social media, including places like Grapevine, Texas, saw some videos there, people avoiding uh, tornadoes. Um, and we saw many without power, without homes even. And now some areas are looking at possibly a foot of snow today. Those are just some of the headlines uh, heading uh, going on over at CBNnews.com. You can check out more over there. Guys, I don't know what the weather is like, been like in your neck of the woods, but uh, for where I am here near Philadelphia, we just got really a ton of rain, but it was so close to being snow. We were at like 33 degrees. So, I mean, we probably avoided narrowly a massive snowfall here by just a few degrees. Same. Yeah, we've had endless rain. It's still raining as we speak. It's been annoying. And you're in New York. Yeah, yeah, I'm in New York, but it's better. It's better than, I guess, 40 feet of snow. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It it seems like it's going to be a pretty cold winter i don't that it, because it's been the same way here it's been getting really really cold but mostly rainy i'm in virginia central virginia yeah. so uh but it's it, it is weird when it's 
raining so much and it's like right at that point right at that freezing point so it's like i don't know what's going to happen with this is it going to stay rain or not and i don't know freezing rain is just miserable yes yeah yeah it is it It is is. it's like you don't get you don't get you know pretty snow to look at right you're Um, just cold it's it's not just yeah it's not just regular rain or like even on a warm rainy day yeah and it's just pelting you and there's a slushy mix on the ground yeah not not my favorite situation but uh but look, I am thankful. I'm going to look for, I'm going to choose joy yeah. in this situation. I'm thankful I did not have to get the uh, snowblower out. And uh, I little side note here for the snow. My driveway goes around. I have one of these driveways that goes around. My garage is actually in the back. So the driveway goes around the side of the garage. And then you have, so anyway, long story short, there's a larger sort of paved area. So when it snows, I have this whole area that the snow doesn't reach the outside of the driveway so snow plowing is just a disaster for me because i have to do it like twice i have to <laughs> i have to plow it it lands on the driveway then i have to go over there and get that and then get it off the driveway so it's uh i'm glad i'm very thankful today I'm gonna choose joy gonna look for the positive here that i'm not well, having to snow plow yeah this kind of weather it makes you grateful for heat right that you yes. can come inside and you can turn on your heat <laughs> and you can look at it if it's snowing and yeah. it's pretty you can look at it and you don't have to be freezing and that is why i say that if you love super cold weather and I, you know i think there's just something look something might be a little off i mean that's just but that's just me that's oh just me boy. okay I'll, oh I'll, boy. never mind never All mind the skiers are upset you just upset trey <laughs> Well, like at least skiing's inactive. I know. At least skiing's inactivity. Like just being cold, there's nothing. No, you know, I there's, agree. There's it's, nothing. There's nothing good there. There's no. no redeeming nothing qualities. redeemable. While just being cold. All right, send your send your hate mail to Billy. Even though he said nothing, you can just still send it to him. <laughs> I stayed out of that one. <laughs> all we right. always tweet Billy. We send our our hate mail we, to Billy. Yes, we do. We do. So. <laughs> All right, moving on, let's head into uh, our next story here. And as Billy mentioned here at the top, Nigeria making headlines for just a really you know, horrific reason. And um, this time, as you said, a secretive forced abortion campaign. What is going on here? Yeah, I mean, we, I feel like we're doing a Nigeria story every week at this yeah. point. Um, but basically, there was a report earlier this month that Nigeria, the military, had a secret battle to push back against Islamic extremism. This battle included, according to sources, uh, forced abortion. And there were at least between 2013 and 2021, 10,000 allegedly forced abor- abortions. And... These were on women as young as 12 years old. So girls, kids, um, upwards to women. Their pregnancies ranged from a few weeks to as far along as eight months. And really just an absolutely horrific scenario. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And then even just seeing all those young kids pregnant, you wonder what's going on there. That's obviously horrific, too. Why did these uh, Nigerian military officials force them to have these abortions what's the rationale they're giving so this as we've covered extensively nigeria has a massive problem with islamic extremism in the northern part of the country and these radical terrorists will often kidnap women kidnap children and those women and children will sometimes be forced to marry them they will be raped and the pregnancies that result from that 
that is why apparently this was done um, for a number of reasons. First, allegedly, according to some of the sources to, you know, ease the women of the bo- the burden of this. Right. But keep in mind, they're not asking the women as far as we know. And in fact, only one woman who came forward in the writer's report um, actually was asked if she wanted to have an abortion. The rest of them didn't even know they were being drugged, didn't even know why they were being injected um, once they, they reached the military. Uh, but the other thing, there's this idea that because these Islamic extremists fathered these children, that those babies are going to grow up to be extremists and to fight against the Nigerian Mm -hmm. government. And so they're essentially trying to stop that from happening right before stop their birth so that they can join in and become extremists as well. Um, So a number of strange reasons why this is happening, but I want to underscore the fact again, a lot of these women, they get rescued by the military, according to these sources, they're they're overjoyed because they're out of they're away from the extremists finally right they've escaped the abusers the people who are beating them um and then the military was putting them through this horror of oh. inducing them with drugs right wow. and a number of these women were explaining that they had no idea what was being given to them they were being told oh we're giving you these injections and these medications to help you because you're weak but they were doing it to to abort their children are some of these women speaking out what have they uh, what have they said if anything yeah, about 33 of the women um, spoke out and really horrific stories. One of those women, it was really heartbreaking. She said um, she would have kept her baby. She said, if they had left me with the baby, I would have wanted it. Mm. Um, and, you know, this is these are complicated situations, right? These are these are rapes, right? Most of these situations. Another woman talked about the horrific conditions of the location where she was being held, where this abortion unfolded. Uh, she was given pills and injections without knowing the purpose and within a few minutes was reeling in pain. And your picture being in a room with all these women together who are reeling with pain, bleeding out on the ground. And some women, by the way, according to the investigation, actually died as a result of these abortions. Gosh, just horrible. How uh, is the U.S. State Department responding at all? And if so, what are they saying? Well, the U.S. State Department is saying they're, quote, deeply troubled. They released a statement to the Christian Post about this um, and said that they've raised the allegations with the government of Nigeria and they continue to seek information. They were not aware of it um, before the story came out earlier this month. Um, the story was released on December 7th. Um, and, yeah, they, they've encouraged the government of Nigeria to take allegations seriously and to conduct a transparent investigation. The problem with that, and we've talked about this on the show as well, is that the U.S. has not even been able to bring itself to put Nigeria yeah. on the country of particular concern list. So, you know, we could talk about that. But there, there's a lot there that makes you wonder how much pressure will actually be put on Nigeria. Yeah, I would think that some are concerned about the U.S. response, given, you know, given that they're willing to weigh in now. And like you said, they're just not they have not been willing to, you know, keep Nigeria or re-put them back on that watch list about Christian persecution, which we know is happening in horrific ways there. So what uh, what else do you want to add on this one? Well, yeah, I would just add that the, the countries of particular concern list, just for those who don't know, it's a designation that targets countries that restrict or are complicit in religious freedom violations. Remember, Nigeria, because of this extremism problem, being a Christian is a deadly thing in the north of Nigeria. Um, Christians are killed. We, we cover this all the time. They're attacked all the time by Islamic militants. And the U.S. has been remiss to add Nigeria to that list of concern along with other countries. And a lot of people 
people um, in in you know the religious freedom realm have been very frustrated by that. So the idea, if we're ignoring that, what are we going to do with a situation like this? And remember, this situation, these forced abortions, are tied to that Islamic extremism and that same issue. Yeah, I know. And and look, a lot of people have criticized the Biden administration for kind of having this intersectionality approach to things. Um, you know, when you look at the way this government and this administration has dealt with a lot of these issues, you know, you know, they're putting a lot of times like the race issue first or the abortion issue on their side of things being pro-choice generally. And so then you wonder, are they weighing in on these things based on their political stances instead of just the humanity of it all going on, which, as you just covered here, is just horrifying. It should horrify every single uh, American. And so really, it's just prompting me to I need to be praying for the people in Nigeria. I mean, compared to how we have it here, the things we complain about. I mean, this is one of those areas where I mean, people are in crisis mode 24 seven. Well, I just want to add one other thing here. Sorry, Trey, really quickly, because I didn't say, I mentioned it briefly, but this investigation into the forced abortion was from Reuters. Reuters did a, an incredible job digging into this and having to go through a lot of documentation because this had not been reported anywhere before. Mm. I just think the layered trauma of this story is kind of hard for us to fathom, especially mm. here in the West, because so often why are these women being targeted? Because a lot of them are believers. So that that's that's an issue. Uh, and then they're being abused themselves. They're enduring this abuse by, by being forced into abortion. And then of course, they're also taking the life of an, of an unborn child. So I can't imagine having to deal with, with all of these different layers of trauma that these women are going through. And then uh, their partners, husbands, whatever, these fathers are losing their children also because uh, because of these abortions. So I, I, it's just hard to wrap your mind around a story that's so heartbreaking. So, but I think Dan, you're right. The response for from us in the West and the United States should be to pray for for the women and, and and families in Nigeria, for believers in Nigeria, and also for our administration, whether we agree with them or not, that they would walk in wisdom, right? And make yeah. the right choices and, and speaking out for these people who are in such a vulnerable position that they can't speak out for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's a, it's a horrifying story, but definitely a critical one that we should be uh, aware about as Christians so we can be praying for it for the reasons that uh, Trey mentioned there as well. So thanks for bringing it, Billy. We're going to head into the main thing now and former Vice President Mike Pence. He is sounding off on the attacks on religious freedom uh, here in America, uh, for, former President Trump and more. He's been talked about uh, Pence as a potential 2024 contender for the GOP nomination for president with CBN's David Brody uh, caught up with uh, former Vice President Pence and talked to him uh, about all those issues and more on today's Main Thing. Mr. Vice President, good to see you again, sir. Good to see you, David. Uh, where do we begin? Let's start with the book, shall we? I think that's a good place to start. You have the Bible verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, uh, on the mantle of every home that you guys have had. Tell me about the significance of that verse, especially as it relates to your life and, and the Lord wanting your life to prosper, but coming after what was a, a rough time at the end of that administration in January 6th, how do you kind of see that Jeremiah 29, 11 living out? Well, as I wrote in my book, my early efforts in politics um, were not successful. 
and they were fraught with disappointment. I had run for Congress when Ronald Reagan was still in the White House. And candidly, David, even though I'd put my faith in Christ as a college student, in my late 20s as a candidate, I allowed my ambition to overrun my values. I ran campaigns that when they were all over, I really wasn't proud of it. Um, not because I'd lost, but because I feel like I'd, I'd lost my way. I hadn't lived up to the requirements of my faith, which is to love your neighbor as yourself, treat others the way you want to be treated. And, um, and so in the years that followed, I thought politics might be in the past, but when it came back around for us with three small children and we just built our dream home and I was, I was uh, working in a job that I loved in radio and in television back in Indiana, um, but for us, that verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, became a lodestar because it was, uh, it was a place that we could ground in the faith that, that uh, while our plans had been different early on and, and we'd run into some, some bumps in the road and disappointments that, as the Bible says, God tells us, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, give you hope and a future. And when my wife <clears throat> gave me that verse, in that very first campaign back in 2000. It's, it's graced the mantle of, our, of every home from which we've served uh, in uh, Washington, D.C. and in the state of Indiana, and it's, it's over the mantle in my study hmm. back in Indiana today. Let me ask you a couple of questions about uh, January 6th in the book. Um, what about the politici politicization, if you will, of the DOJ and the FBI? The FBI, um, we now know from New York Times reporting even, that there were informants in the crowd on January 6th. Are, are you concerned about that at all? Do you, do, do you think they had any part of an incitement on that day? Do you think it should be investigated? I know Republicans want that to be investigated. Well, I, I think the fact that the January 6th committee was entirely appointed by the Democrat Speaker of the House. Right was a missed opportunity for the country. So this should have been part of that? Or in, in the wake of 9-11, of I, which I, I was here in my first year in Congress, as I write in my book, on September 11th, we formed a commission really above politics to examine what had happened and also to recommend steps to ensure that the weaknesses that our enemies had exploited to make that event happen on American soil um, uh, would be remedied in the future. I thought the opportunity here to really look at what occurred that day uh, in, in the broadest possible sweep uh, would have been welcome to do that above politics. But I, I was very concerned about the partisan nature of the committee from very early on. And, uh, um, but the broader question of the politicization of the Justice Department right. is, uh, is, I think, an important one. I, I've, not, I've not seen evidence of an involvement on that fateful day, but uh, looking back on two and a half years of the Russia hoax, uh, the FBI agents that falsified documents to obtain warrants, um, and just the ongoing uh, appearance uh, of politicization, I, I think I think we live in a time when the Department of Justice ought to be doing everything in their power to restore the credibility and the confidence of the American people yeah. in our FBI and in our system of justice. What about the system of justice as it relates to the DOJ? Because there, some of these January 6th folks that were arrested are in the D.C. jail. They've just sent a letter this week to a federal judge asking to be transferred to Guantanamo Bay because their conditions 
are so horrible in the D.C. jail. There are some folks that are very concerned about how these prisoners from January 6th are being treated as it relates to worms on the wall, food abuse, uh, religious, uh, religious liberties not allowed inside the jail, all, all that type. There's a lot more. What, what's your view on that? Well, our greatest traditions prohibit cruel and unusual punishment. And uh, I, I have uh, read some press accounts about this, but I, I must tell you that, uh, as I said on January 6th, the people that ransacked the Capitol uh, that day I believe should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. We simply have to make it clear that what happened that day is utterly unacceptable. Uh, but that said, I, I would expect and anticipate that, that anyone that is, that is incarcerated in this country for any purpose has all the rights and remedies available, protections against cruel and unusual punishment, and, uh, uh, and I'd hold to that view even even while I, I believe that justice must be served against people as it has already in many cases, against people that perpetrated that violence against our, our capital. I want to ask you about the state of the Republican Party. Uh, where is that party today? Let me ask you a straight up question. Is Donald Trump, uh, is this Donald Trump's party or do you believe that is uh, an outstanding question at this point? Uh, what's your view on that? Because Donald Trump sees it as his party. <laughs> Well, I think the Republican Party belongs to Republican voters. Is he the leader? Is he the leader of this party right now? I, I think uh, the former president is a leader in the party. A leader, okay. An important voice in the party. Um, but I have great confidence that Republican primary voters are going to do like they've done so many times before. And as we go into the next two years, they're going to choose the right standard bearer for this moment in our history. I think we're living in a different time in the life of our nation. As I've traveled around the country the last two years, what I've heard over and over again from people is they want to get back to the conservative principles that we advanced at home and abroad that created prosperity and security for the American people. But I, I sense people long uh, for the kind of leadership that could unite the American people mm -hmm. around our highest ideals, including civility and respect. I, uh, you know. Our politics are very divided right now, David, but I'm not sure the American people are as divided as our politics. I mean, the, the American people are good and decent and compassionate and generous and, and caring of their neighbors. And uh, I think we just got to have government as good as our people again. What about Ronna McDaniel? There's been a lot of talk about her, that she should not lead the RNC. Uh, what is your view on that? I'm going to leave that to uh, members of the Republican National Committee to choose their leadership. Are you a uh, fan of hers? I have uh, been a, uh, a great friend uh, of uh, Chairman McDaniel, and I know she's worked tirelessly for the Republican cause. And I appreciate her commitment to conservative uh, principles, but uh, uh, having, having uh, been at this a while, uh, I'll let the people that get to vote on that vote. This uh, marriage bill that was signed into law, I like to call it the Disrespect uh, for Biblical Marriage Act. I think it could be called that by at least many uh, conservative Christians in this country. What is your view on that? What is your concern about the future of that law? Do you believe it's unconstitutional? Well, David, as a Bible-believing Christian, I will always believe that marriage is between one man and one woman. Um, but. If memory serves, the Supreme Court of the United States ruled on this back in 2015. And um, only in Washington, D.C. would you have Congress legislating on a topic that had been resolved nearly a decade ago. 
And I, I frankly think that uh, uh, this is an issue that is best left to the courts because of the profound implications for religious liberty. I mean, even in the Oberfell decision itself, Justice Kennedy, who wrote the majority, said that it would have tr genuine implications on the religious freedom of Americans and the, the right to live, to work, to worship according to the dictates of our conscience is enshrined in the First Amendment of the Constitution. And I must tell you, I've been encouraged in recent years uh, of, of a strong majority favoring religious liberty on the Supreme Court of the United States. The, the Cake Baker case that we all remember just a few short years ago actually was decided by a seven to two decision in favor of the religious freedom uh, of that baker. Uh, and and I, there's another case before the court today and I, had I been in the Congress, I would have voted my values yeah. on that a question of that marriage law. But the likelihood is, is it makes its way into the court. But with those three Supreme Court justices that we appointed with the conservatives on the court today, I have great confidence that we have a Supreme Court of the United States that will uphold the religious liberty of every American uh, uh, to believe that which they believe about marriage and uh, all the other important aspects of their faith. So you're concerned about the constitutionality of this law, though? I think there will be litigation that is derived uh, from this law. and. Uh, I have confidence, uh, should any of it reach the Supreme Court of the United States, that we'll see one more strong affirmation uh, of the religious freedom enshrined in the Constitution. I don't know what the future holds for our family. We're going to take the Christmas holiday when we're all together for the first time in three years with two in active duty military. We're going to talk as a family. We'll keep listening to the American people, but I promise you I'm never going to stop fighting for the conservative values that called me into public service. and. Um, um, uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to follow the calling wherever it leads. Thanks so much for sitting down. Appreciate it. Thank you, David. All right, David, thanks so much for that conversation with the former vice president. Appreciate that. You can check out the entire thing over on the CBN News YouTube channel. All right. That leaves us with time for one last thing. Yeah, you know, I think we live in such a chaotic world. There's so much going on that it's easy to kind of, as believers, lose lose our focus and, and lose our priority. So I think Psalm 135 through 6 really speaks to that. It says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. It's just a good reminder of where our focus should be, regardless of what we're dealing with in our day-to-day -day life. Mm, absolutely, yeah. I just saw David at Sight and Sound, by the way, and there are a lot of Psalms, mm. obviously, David. David, writer of a lot of Psalms, prolific there. And so, uh, you know, I'm feeling that one because I saw them come to life. If you haven't been to Sight and Sound, you should go. But um, I think that's a great reminder on this uh, Friday. Love it. Got to wait for the Lord. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, that's a good place to leave it here as we head into the weekend. As always, don't forget, you know, you can get over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com. Get more news from a Christian perspective. Support a channel that supports your values and your beliefs. And we appreciate you being here all week. We'll be praying for you over the weekend. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your Friday and weekend. And Lord willing, and that creek don't rise, we will be back here on Monday with more. God bless. See you then.